What is a monetized mindset? How does it impact your financial security? How does that help you deal with what happens when what happens happens? Welcome your host, Bart Merrill. Hey everybody, welcome to Monetize Your Mindset podcast. This is where we talk about being able to monetize your mindset, thinking about awareness, being aware of the opportunities that are all around you, where you ask the questions, what do you like to do? What do you need to do? What are you already doing? Can we make money doing it? Today I have with me JP. I met JP at a drug rehab center for, which sounds kind of funny, but we weren't yeah. there as as patients. Yeah. We're there helping these these people that are in this drug rehab, you know, gain confidence by learning how to speak better. And we had JP as one of our our guest presenters. And JP does slam poetry, and he is amazing. One of the things that um, is is different about JP is JP is only seventeen years old, not the normal person that I would probably interview. But his story and his his potential is is so amazing. So welcome, JP. It's good to be here. Um, I actually turned eighteen last Saturday. Okay, so, so he's eighteen, 18 not now. seventeen. <laughs> That's a big difference because now he's an adult. Yes, I am. All right, JP. Let's get into it. I want to hear a little bit about your story. Well, a lot about your story. During this podcast, I'm going to actually we're going to actually show people what you do and put in a couple of your slam poetry things, and so people know what we're talking about. But let's start out with just you telling me. How you got there to this slam poetry stuff? Yeah, so it's it's been quite a journey to get to the point of slam poetry. Way back in second grade, I was diagnosed with ADHD, which is attention deficit hyperactive disorder. It's a sensory processing disorder that happens in the brain. They have there's lots of research on it, but it was it was hindering my educational process. And back in second grade and in third grade and fourth grade and stuff, I was I was I was a problem student. I was getting lots of F's and um, you know lots of D's, lots of bad grades. And my teachers were telling my mom. It's not that he doesn't know the stuff. We just can't get him to sit still long enough to complete his assignments. We can't get him to sit still long enough to read or to write. Mainly my struggles were in reading and writing, which is is um, one of my friends. He calls me a walking oxymoron because I still have trouble spelling just about everything I try to spell. But I'm really good at writing poetry. And so he's like, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. But in fifth grade, I had a teacher who started teaching us about poetry, and she read us the poem Cage Bird by Maya Angelou. And I really loved the poem. And that was the poem that kind of got me set off on reading poetry on my own, where I would just, I would memorize poems by myself, or I would read poems. And And I did that for a very long time, till about ninth grade, when another teacher showed us a documentary called Louder Than a Bomb, which is about a slam competition in Chicago. And I listened to it and I watched the documentary and I really loved the way that they were expressing themselves. And it was at that point I realized slam poetry is is a viable way for me to express myself. Like I, I, I don't just – I can more than just enjoy the medium. I can also do produce the medium myself. Like I can produce art through, you know, through slam poetry. And so I started watching a ton of slam poetry videos on YouTube all over the place. And throughout this whole time in school, I was in a bunch of pull-out reading classes and pull-out language arts classes where they were teaching me the basics to try to catch my reading level and writing level back up to where my peers were at. 
And by 11th grade, I was disqualified from that, from an IEP, and I was put back into normal language arts classes where I met my teacher, Miss Wild, and she put me in a contest called Poetry Out Loud, which is a national, a national recitation competition where you memorize poetry or, or works by, by artists that they have picked. They have a catalog online and an anthology, and you pick some of the poems, and then you perform them, and you're graded on that. And I did it one year, and I was really bad, and then I did it the next year and I was much better and my teacher was like do you like doing this and I was like I love doing this and she's like you ever thought about slam poetry and I was like yeah I've actually have a few things written and she was like cool so she helped me get a team together and then we started competing in high school slams that happen around the this end of the valley in the, in the state of Utah from there I, I realized I, I met Frank Lewis from Toastmasters and he started getting me these opportunities to go to the places like the Haven House or uh, to the, the men's prison and perform my poetry for them. And I, I realized that I, I can share my poetry in lots of different places. And I, and I realized that like it not only did it help me deal with my stuff, but then it, it also helped other people deal with their things, if that makes sense. And now I've graduated and I'm going off to college. I plan on keep writing and keep learning. And I think, yeah, that's, that's my story, I guess. Awesome. So you have... You have kind of been the opening act, if you want to call it, at the Haven for some mm-hmm. of our speakers yeah. that we've brought in. And I remember the last time – you're also doing it again next week for us. But the last time, you you got a standing ovation at the Haven. Yeah. And I know a lot of the speakers have commented when they were done talking to me. And they said, yeah, I hated to follow JP <laughs> because it was so good. When did you – start looking at the slam poetry and start listening and what what about what age did you start that uh ninth grade so that would have put me at 14 15 14 or 15 yeah awesome you know i think i'm going to ask you to do that i don't know if you can and if you can't we'll cut this little part out of before i publish do you want to do you want to do one of them can you do it sitting down yeah 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 yeah. do you want to do one off the cuff just right now yeah sure um which one should i do uh I always like I like both of the ones I've heard your ADHD and then your your other one. Okay, have you heard the one? Have I done the one about the room? I think I you probably so. heard that one. Okay, the whole thing or just part of it? Go for it. Go the okay. whole thing. Ode to my messy room. Oh, messy room, how art you so perfect and pure, so wondrous and welcoming. The first thing I see when I wake up in the morning, a messy room. With my mother's rage and my own naive ignorance, you came to be with such childlike innocence. So don't you see, you're the last thing I see when I fall asleep in the evening, oh, messy room. Oh, messy room, you sing me so soundly asleep, so elegantly into the everlasting evening till evening turn to day. They say, hey, frost say, dawn goes down today and nothing gold can stay, but anyway. Oh, messy room. How art you comparable to that of my messy mind? I mean, emotional baggage thrown across my psyche, like clothes thrown about my room. Thoughts and ideas clutter the ground beneath my feet, just like old toys clutter the ground beneath my brain. Or is it the other way around? Who cares? It's all the same. Either way, I got dreams and wishes posted to the walls beside my bed, just like posters posted to the walls inside my head. Oh, messy room. How... Art the books missing from your bookshelf, just like misplaced memories inside my shell- self. In the shadows they left in the dust, a faint remembrance of what simply must be your own form of deja vu. I wouldn't know what to do, but I think that you could help me through this twisted two-step tango tripping on the tip of my tongue. It's on the tip of my tongue, and I don't know what to do, but I think that you could help me through this strange sense of deja vu. This twisted two-step tango tripping on the tip of my tongue. It's on the tip of my tongue. A partial recall, that's all. I got problems just like you all at crooked pictures hanging on the wall. I keep them out of sight from anyone lurking in the hall. 
I assemble an arbitrary arsenal of arms to keep them out, to keep you out, to keep up appearances, everything carefully crafted to convey a message of calm, cool, collected, and in control, a clean shave like a fresh cut lawn, like a fresh haircut, like a fresh coat of paint, like a dope coat and windows that ain't dirty, you see, every day I wake up before 5.30 to make sure I look good, can write poems that are wordy, cause just like the little birdie, I plan on getting the worm. Although... Oh messy room, it's the second mouse who gets the cheese. So I wonder if anyone can say with certain ease who would win and win with what wit. So I wonder, why would one wish to wage a war of wit with me, a war of which one is seen as unfit and unequipped with weaponry on the battlefield, my mechanized mechanical monstrosities, the way I weave words and wield them with such wizardry are the weaponry, so don't engage in war with me. You see, essentially, I'll beat you relentlessly. I'll never set you free. A second in the minds, minds will be a century. The biggest difference between you and me is that I have tea with the elephants in my room. I converse with the monsters beneath my bed, sing show tunes with the voices inside my own head. I'm a big, bold, beautiful house. You never know I got billions of bodies buried beneath the backyard. The skeletons locked away in all the closets, though. Just the other day, I let them out so we could play cards with the itsy-bitsy spider who comes out of all the faucets. Oh, messy room. I'm a pharaoh wrapped up, mummified in my pyramid-shaped tomb. You're an untrimmed rosebush with thorns protecting flowers that have yet to bloom. Oh, messy room. You're a hue of green and a hue of gold. As Frost would say, that's the hardest hue to hold so oh no oh no i won't be told to clean you ode to my messy room <laughs> right on <laughs> thank you awesome jp we'll do probably do another one before we close this thing out but um okay let's talk about what's what's to come with this you're you said you're headed off to college yep what are you studying in college i'm studying chemical engineering makes sense chemical engineering slam poetry they mix yep yep that's <laughs> hand in hand <laughs> Monetize Your Mindset is talking about recognizing the opportunities that are all around you and turning them into a financial asset. Okay. Yeah. How could this be or how has this already been? Let's start there. Okay. How's this already been a financial asset to you? So college is expensive. And the one thing that everyone always says is look for scholarships. So when I got online and I was looking for scholarships, I found a talent competition put on by Omega Sci-Fi, which is a fraternity. And I was like... I don't have a talent, but then I thought about it and was like, no, wait, I do have a talent. I write slam poetry. And so we went down to the audition and I auditioned with my poem and I made it into the talent show. And then I performed at the talent show and I won a thousand dollars and moved on to the next level where I won another $2,000 using my poem and my performance. Just, just looking around and realizing that my ability to perform my poetry was something that people did want to watch and something people enjoyed you know, put me on that mind mindset where it was like, yeah, look for any opportunities to go up and speak in front of people. And when I go and do that, I can find myself in situations where there's now money that's able to be won. Another competition I, I competed in was Poetry Out Loud, which I didn't win any money doing, but I won the school level and the district level. And at the state level, the second place won $2,000 or won $1,000, no, $100. First place won $1,000 and moved on to the national competition where they could win more money for not only their school, but for themselves, for, for school, for awesome. college. Yeah. And then the one that you won, you were not only in competition with poets, you were in competition with, it was like a talent competition, yes, correct? Yeah. There was piano players and singers. There was a, a dancer or two that I saw. So there was, yeah, there was all, all kinds of talents. And what other ways have you recently explored with monetizing this talent that you have? Um, I was given the email address of a publisher who had read one of my poems and liked it. And so hopefully, if things work out, I can maybe get some of them published in a book or in a poetry journal somewhere. And 
you know, if I get enough of my own poetry and write my own book, then I can make money off of that by selling it. Right. Awesome. So Frank is the one that inter- that, that introduced your poetry to this lady that you're talking about. Yeah. And he said she wasn't just liked it. She was amazed by it. And so what you what you got here is is pretty amazing what you can do, what you're what you have done already. Like I said, in our presentations at the Haven, you are the one that gets the standing ovation and the speakers don't <laughs> in in a lot of cases. And it's not because they're bad, it's because what you do is is so amazing. Thank you. So we're going to go on and we're going to have you do another one. Okay. I have no problem You pick. Uh, I'll do a cross-stitch poem. Okay. that one. On the day that I was born, my eyes that glimmered and shined as the heavens opened up with angels of all kind. Well, I got that them from under God's plane of holy thunder. Wonder how he could ever make such a blunder as me. Lord, how'd I come to be? And what the hell went wrong when you wove me in the womb? And why in the world would you use two different colors of thread just like that cross-stitch poem my mama hung above my bed? Oh, Master Craftsman, how did you... The god of all creation runs short on clay for your little animation. Have to use two different colors of sand in each hand and water mix till it comes to stand this kind of mulatto brown. Sun scolded skin like tree bark. I look around, don't see too many other boys the same color as the ground. And lord, I don't mean black. No, I mean brown. Brown is the mud I play in, no one else quite this shade in, so alone I stay in limbo beneath a rope using a game of tug-of-war. A battle between two sides who aren't pulling, but pushing. See, the world said I was too white to be black, too black to be white. In fact, they said my two halves don't make a whole, but well, I read that poem and my mama told me, she says, child, you ain't no half-breed. She says, child, you are whole and you are free. She says, child, you are him and you are me. She says, child, you may have German from your father and African from your mother, but child, you are American and never forget that. So I ask you, what original sin left me to live the life within the in-between in which I marvel at a monster in the mirror made by a scientist with a maddening mind, a diabolical design, a diagnosis from Dr. Frankenstein, I'm terminal. See, cause the Lord plucked a pretty piece from practically every person, put them perfectly parallel, and then stitched them together. And yet, I still can't seem to find my own birds of a feather. I have flocked alone for forever, y'all. So tell me, where my fellow penguins at? Look, I'll settle for a panda or even a zebra, just anyone with two-colored skin and mixed blood running through their veins who knows what it's like to have the world take one look at you and say, JP, what even are you? As if I owed an explanation how the 23 in me fought across oceans of separation to reach their final destination, this. Will I read my mama's poem one more time? This time, I note the thread leave my leave her lips as she spoke it, trace it to my grandmother's hands as she wove it, and how it comes to land on me. And well, I begin to see myself the way they do. It moves me from frustration to admiration for another one of God's greatest creations. I find my place amongst the masterpieces from the Renaissance. And with that monster in the mirror, he morphs into a Mona Lisa, and I realize I got full lips like the black man. That a slim like the white man's not too big, not too small. I think you and Goldilocks could find them just right. So raise your hand if, like me, you got sun-kissed skin golden brown like a karma mocha latte or high cheekbones and a chiseled jaws if Michelangelo himself liberated you, David, from stone. Raise your hand if, like me, you walk the perfect middle. Not a violin or viola, but a fiddle. See, I've solved the riddle. The Lord, he didn't just meddle in the middle of medical affairs of things he didn't understand. No, he had a detailed and intricate plan. We were all made by the same Renaissance man. A creator greater than Donatello, Raphael, and Da Vinci. So subsequently, eventually, I hope you all come to see the same thing I have. 
That in this Sistine Chapel we call a world, we are all just paintings on the wall and amongst you. My fellow creations, clay animations and stone liberations, I have found my home. Awesome. Great job again. So in this last minutes that we have here, got about 10 minutes left. Okay. For someone who wants to do what you do, Mm -hmm. how do they do it? Write the poetry or make money writing poetry and stuff. Uh, write the poetry to to do this that you just did. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a difference between writing and performing. Yes, there is. There's a huge difference. Um, I owe a lot to my teachers at. I owe a lot to all my teachers, uh, but I owe a lot to the to the, the teachers at Harriman who coached me um, because I could write a poem and then I'd have to practice it over and over and over again in front of my teachers and then in front of some of their classes to really nail down the performance and they could they could give me tips about how to make it more powerful how to deal with the pauses and so first with like writing the poetry you have to read a lot of poetry and watch a lot of poetry and and you 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 begin to pick up on things that people do um, if you if you read a lot of it, you'll see where some rhyme schemes that work, rhyme schemes that don't. You'll find patterns in the in the language that make sense and some that don't make sense but work for some reason. And then you you'll begin to develop like your own style. You'll you'll know what you like and you know what you won't like. Um, and then if you watch a ton of poetry, you'll be able to see what kind of body movements, what kind of voice inflections, and what kind of facial expressions kind of make things more powerful. And if you watch, if you watch the same poet perform the same poem multiple times, you'll you'll begin to see that there's a difference. Like sometimes they'll perform the same poem, they'll perform it at one competition. You'll find another YouTube video where it's the same guy, same poem somewhere else, and it won't be as good. And if you try to figure out what's the difference between the two, you can then apply that to your own performance. And be like, okay, well at these points I need to pause longer, or at these points I don't need to pause. If that makes sense. And then as far as like going places. If you just keep performing, there there's always open mics wherever you are. Um, there's always like coffee shops that do open mics where you can just go and you can perform. I had the advantage of of performing at the high school because there was a there was a community of slam competitions going around in the at the high school level, and so I was able to perform at those and then get a video. And Frank Lewis saw it and then had me perform at Toastmasters, and then from there I kept performing at Toastmasters, and then found that you know the scholarship or found other competitions and so you you have to you have to look for slam competitions and you you can find them if you look for them but the more you do it the better you get if that makes sense so how um how many times do you think you have performed your poems for other people only or also counting the times i've performed it for myself <laughs> for other people for let's other just people. let's just go with that enough that I definitely more than 10 times and definitely more than 20 times that I couldn't I couldn't really say I mean I've, you performed two of them here today yeah so I've performed two of them here today you know, so, um, so you perform them a lot in order yeah. to perfect them to the level yeah. that you're at even I, at home yep even at home I um, in order to memorize stuff that long you have to say it over and over to yourself over and over again and that's why I kind of have a benefit with the way my brain has been wired is that sometimes the words will get stuck in my head kind of like a song and I'll just repeat them to myself until I know the ins and outs of everything about those words so then when I go to perform them I know exactly what aspect of the words I want to share with someone and then I I can emphasize that or I can exaggerate it and my teachers for a while they also had me walk around to all of their classes and perform so I've I've performed to my peers I've performed at least you know 15 times to different classes and then I've performed in multiple competitions probably 10 
I mean, I, I mean, I've competed in four or five competitions, and in e- any of those competitions, I'll perform the poems two or three times. So that's right. another twelve, I guess. And on top of that, every time I go to Toastmasters, the, the Haven, and one, yeah, like once a month, twice a month. For people, how, when it comes to writing your stuff, mm-hmm. where do you, where do you get your motivation from? I mean, you have the 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 one you haven't performed yet today. Maybe we'll close with that. Is the ADHD poem? Mm-hmm. So it's about your dealings with ADHD. The one you just did was about being half black, half white. Yep. yep. And how your your feelings? How do you craft those into words? Is it just from reading and and observing other people's stuff and then trying to make it your way? Um, no, I, I th- I've come to realize that I do have some bit of a natural talent for crafting words. But most of my poems start out with an alliteration, which is the it's the repetition of, a, of the starting words of a sound. So like, why would one wish to wage a war of wit? I heard the words war of wit in a Shakespeare poem or a Shakespeare play. And then they were just in my head, war of wit, war of wit, war of wit, over and over again. And so then I was like, started adding words to the beginning and to the end of it until I kind of had like this little blurp. And then I forgot about it. And I got a different alliteration stuck in my head and did the same thing. And then I was like, well, these two kind of, they they kind of have the same idea. And so then I found a common factor, which was, I was talking about like your brain and the organization of it. And then I realized my brain's really disorganized and so is my bedroom. So then I wrote a poem about my bedroom and used those lines in it. So a, a lot of things like that will happen. And that's just because things get stuck in my head a lot. But really to, to channel the emotions is that uh, sometimes you'll get like you'll want to do uh, uh, like some sort of metaphor. And so you'll like pick an object and then what you want it to mean and then try to write this metaphor and it just won't work. So then sometimes you just you just can't do that and you just try something else, you know. But really you, you have to be writing all the time. Um I don't write things down, but I do write all the time in the sense that I'm always thinking of different lines and different rhymes and verses or different paragraphs where I'm just writing them in my head, if that makes sense, and thinking about the way the words work together. Um, and if you write, if you if you talk to like songwriters or like you know book writers and stuff like that, they have journals upon journals of just scribbles of just words. Um, and so really, you once you start writing and you keep writing and constantly write, you'll start to develop a a sort of uh, aptitude for it where you'll, where you'll be able to kind of guess what kind of words go where and, and kind of understand what emotions and tones in a poem work good together, if that makes sense. Yeah, awesome. Well, JP, I, th- I appreciate you driving down here to meet with me today. Yeah, no problem. And let's, let's close it out with your ADHD poem. Okay, yeah. How do you lose a train? Easy, with a capital A-D, capital H-D, attention deficit hyperactive disorder. And, 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 and just like you'll find in my, in my mind, nothing but disorder. Well, well, that in a sign that reads out of order, you see, my mind is nothing short, a hoarder. It takes every thought, every thought and thing I want to say, and it stores it away for, for, for another day. For when that, that door closes softly behind me, and the sweet sounds will echo elegantly through the empty house, down the dark hallway, and bouncing back again, unobstructed by any of the noise within my head. I mean, me, I mean, I mean, be, I mean, begins, and, 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 and thus begins the downward descending descent into insane insanity, which some might say holds no gravity to depravity, but upon first instance, of a sane mind mixing actions of morality one can only explain as an insane instant of insanity in which the human brain has transcended the plane of humanity oh the humanity and what I call simply sane insanity 
For it is more insane for me to try and maintain my sanity when every thought besieges my mind, lays waste to the valleys and cities I've built and hidden inside, 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 trapped inside a cage like a bird that doesn't sing. You see the words, my thoughts that I haven't to bring out into the air to flow free. Is it fair that you can just say what you want and I struggle to say and I struggle to say one, sing one single thing? And yes, I know sometimes my words flow like milk and honey. And, and yes, I know at first this might sound just a little funny. When I say what's been said hasn't been said, so I can say so what needs to be said and said by need and say so the words I'm side, I'm side, like a lead, lead, wait to my thoughts once once fed, fed my mouth, words need to be said, but trap inside the kitchen of my mind, the key's been lost in a place kind of fine, inside, 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 trap inside the cage like a bird that's sing, I'm sorry. I, 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 I lost my train of thought. <laughs> a, a train, he says, how do you lose a train, he says, he says you, he says you, blue, he says blue, blue, well, blue said the kid with the two colored shoes, and red, he said, I see brown, which is something I found not to be true, like the deep color blue in his left hand shoes, so tell me why would he tell these lies when we both know he ties the shoes that he wears, tell me what would make him dare to say all of these things when we know that it brings a painful, sarcastic remark, what, JP, did you get dressed in the dark? And well, that's when, when then, again, 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 damn it, I'm sorry, I, I, I lost my train of thought again. A train, he says. How do you lose a train? Well, interesting thing about trains, do you know why the rails are so far apart? You probably don't think about that Well, I do. It's because of ancient wagons in ancient Rome and the rolling wheels rolling down rolling streets made of stone and how the wheels would push the rocks aside and leave another path for the wheels to roll through and that's the size we left, we set the rails to. I swear to you, it's true. But a train, how do you lose a train? Well, the train in the brain might as well be a plane. It'll take all the pain and what I see is insane. I won't have to stand here and explain in the hurricane, the rainstorm of my thoughts. Cause just like in the ancient world, how all roads lead to Rome, the pathways, the neurons find in my mind, I'll go to the same place. That's right. Standing here as my fear and my thoughts take flight. I can remember. How do you lose a train? Easy. With a capital A-D, capital H-D, attention deficit hyperactive disorder. <laughs> Just watching the the marks of the voice, you mm -hmm. know, the it's just it's impressive. <laughs> Thanks again, JP. I I see great things in your future, and I know you do too. So thank you. How one last question? Did you always have this confidence to to get up and do that, or did it just come about? Well, it depends. Uh, yes and no. My personality is very extroverted, and so I've always had the confidence to get up in front of people and do stuff. But the confidence to share my own poetry, it took a little bit. And when I first started performing, it was actually very, it was very bad. Like objectively looking at it, it was very, it was a very poor performance because I was still, I wasn't confident in my ability to express what the poems meant to me. But I think um, with the help of like coaches and stuff that helped build my confidence. And then once you start doing something like that, it, it gets easier to put yourself in situations where you have to perform Performing doesn't necessarily get easy, but your willingness to do it does. You 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 have a better willingness to do it, and you have more confidence, even if it's still something that's hard to do. If that makes sense, it does. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks again, and this wraps up another session of Monetize Your Mindset, the Monetize Your Mindset podcast, where we create financial security by monetizing what we already know. Thanks for listening. Remember, monetize your mindset. Build financial security by monetizing what you already know so that you will always have the resources to deal with whatever happens when what happens happens. Follow us on Facebook and at BartMerrill.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review.